is the Divergent Fitness Podcast, the podcast that uses science to make you stronger, not smaller. I'm Amber Sobrio-Ritter. I'm a behavior analyst, a trauma-informed, weight-inclusive personal trainer in the Bay Area, and a mom of three, among many other things. Uh, and I'm excited to share a little bit about uh, behavior analysis. I studied this. This is a master's degree in psychology and you have to be board certified to be a behavior analyst. And it's really getting a good understanding of behavior and viewing it scientifically in a way that allows you to make modifications to the different sort of uh, contingencies that are acting upon that behavior, causing that behavior to happen more or less often than what you want. And today we're gonna talk about setting events. So setting events, otherwise known as uh, establishing operations, this is something that happens that primes you to potentially engage or not engage in a behavior. So having a really long, hard, stressful day at work, that might be a setting event that makes it less likely for you to go to the gym in the evening. Being super hungry is a setting event for eating a large meal. Uh, or making you hungry enough that that large meal is really, really desirable in that moment. Uh, and I really like to focus on setting events as one of the ways I support my clients because this allows you to identify just really honestly uh, and without attachment the parts of your day that are more likely or less likely to make it so that you engage in a behavior. Our behavior happens in a series of steps uh, and I don't subscribe to any kind of moral judgments around this kind of behavior. I really focus more on why is the behavior occurring? What's making it really challenging for that person to uh, modify that behavior? And then we modify those elements. We modify the things that are happening around the behavior instead of really focusing on the behavior specifically. So the reason that this is important to you as somebody who wants to change your behavior is that having an understanding of setting events makes it so that you're not fighting the inertia of your life and your day uh, in order to engage in that behavior. Andrew uh, Huberman, neuroscientist at Stanford, kind of identifies this as limbic friction. So it's how hard your brain has to work to engage in a behavior. Like how challenging am I making this for myself, right? If I want to engage in a behavior, like, like can you white knuckle it? Can you just say, I am doing this no matter what, no matter how hard it is? Yeah, of course, and we've all done that at times, right? But that's not sustainable. It has to be pretty easy in order for us to be able to do it consistently for long periods of time. So what I wanna do is figure out how can we kind of hack this system so that it's easy for you, so that you're not relying on this insane willpower in order to be able to engage in this behavior consistently. So there are two types of setting events. Uh, there are ones that are going to motivate you to engage in a behavior, and there are ones that are going to be more inhibitory uh, towards that behavior. They're kind of gonna abolish your desire to engage in that behavior. So I'm gonna use two different behaviors to sort of explain this let's say a behavior that you want to increase and one that you want to decrease so that you can kind of understand how you can hack setting events to make that more likely to happen. So let's take for an example, a behavior that you want to increase. Let's say you want it to increase exercise behavior and some self-care behavior and you're finding it really challenging. What you're doing is you're sort of asking yourself, all right, what's necessary to engage in that behavior? Time and probably energy. Potentially there are other sort of more logistical things like, you know, having a gym membership, having access to the things that you need in order to be able to engage in that behavior. So we're going to look at time and energy as the biggest factors. It's not really people's lack of logistic 
things that keep them from being able to engage in that behavior, right? Like everyone knows how to buy a set of weights. Everyone knows how to get a gym membership. That's not the issue. It's really going to come down to probably time and energy, uh, which is really going to be one of those things that affects all of the behavior, why we're not engaging in that behavior, um, why we're over-engaging in a different behavior is going to come down to probably time and energy. So we're looking at time and energy and we're saying, right, what parts of the day are time and energy sparse? You know, where am I most busy and most stressed? And when I think about the expectations that we have on ourselves as adults, potentially, uh, potentially as parents, is that the busiest time of the day, if you're being really honest with yourself, is probably the morning or the evening, right? Like when you wake up, you're rushing through a morning routine to get everybody to school if you have children. If you don't, you're rushing through your own morning routine to try and get yourself to wherever you need to be. You're tired, you just woke up. So time and energy are potentially a little more sparse. And then you think about the evenings when you've had a full day of work, right? You're stressed, you're exhausted. Uh, you want to, you need to get home, you need to start dinner. Maybe if you have kids, you need to get homework going. Like this is another busy time of the day. You may have had this experience where you do this to yourself. I know I do this to myself. Those busiest times of the day, I'm thinking I'm going to somehow evoke this like superhuman willpower in order to be able to do this thing that's really, really hard to do. And I'm gonna evoke that superhuman willpower forever. Like I'm just, I'm just always gonna be strong enough to do this. This is always gonna feel like a fit for me. And what happens is that typically you will get really excited about, you know, something, you know, feel, feel really motivated about some kind of fitness goal. And you can do that for a time, right? You can kind of push down those other desires, those other challenges, those other needs in order to sort of temporarily focus on this one. But over time, you're recognizing, oh, this other part of my life that I really value is suffering or oh man, I, I'm feeling really stressed. Like in some ways this is contributing an additional layer of stress for me uh, because I have to, you know, be rushing and uh, working so hard to make this happen. And so you're not able to sustain that over time and that's where it falls apart, right? So my job is to figure out what are the setting events that are going to help myself and my clients be able to engage in that behavior? Like what, what's going to make it most likely? The other thing is that you have to be really honest with yourself about who you are. Truly, go inside of yourself, take a breath, close your eyes and say, all right, how do I usually feel at 5 a.m.? You know, do I feel peppy? Do I feel good? Do I feel ready to start the day? Do I feel grounded and balanced, right? Or do I feel exhausted and tired and grumpy and all of these other things? Based on how you're feeling, early, early morning workouts may or may not be a fit for you. You know, I'll have people who are, myself included, at 5 a.m., not the kind of person that is going to really enjoy evoking some big amount of energy. You know, first thing in the morning, like I'm not looking to expend some energy immediately, right? I like to ease into the day a little bit. And so you're being really honest with yourself, like, no, I really like to start my day by easing into it. Okay, but where am I going to figure out, like, how to fit this movement? Because this is really important to me. Let me look at my evenings, you know, how are my evenings looking? And it might be, you know, the same thing based on how your evenings look, right? You might go inside yourself and say, okay, I do not feel great in the evenings. I'm so busy. I got to do this, you know, list of tasks maybe not a good time. But you know, there's there's some give there, right? Because the evening could be, be between, you know, six and nine. 
So it's like, maybe I don't do it first thing, but maybe later on in the evening or uh, maybe earlier in the evening, but then I still have time for other things. So you're kind of, again, looking at that, saying, is this right for me? Is this time the right time to increase my workout behavior, my exercise self-care behavior? And if not, is there a portion of time within that time, right? Not just like, oh, nights don't work for me. Like we can be more nuanced than that, right? Because if, let's say you're carving out 20 to 30 minutes, the night has some more space in it. Um, If energy is the issue, maybe we're looking at the morning or the midday or the early afternoon. Like really being flexible about how you do this, it's the lack of flexibility that makes it so hard to sustain fitness behavior. Because if it has to be done at this time of night and it has to be done... And, you know, in this duration, I have to do the full workout. This rigidity keeps us from doing anything, right? So then you're just stuck doing nothing because the plan that you have devised isn't working. But there's no backup, you know? And what what I've been trained to do is to have a plan B, C, D, E, F, all the way down until there's like a bare minimum plan where you're like, I got nothing left. Everything went wrong today. I have no time or energy How can I still care for myself? How can I still find some way to go inside of myself and care for all the parts that continue to exist in the world and help me do all of the things that I need to do, right? How can I still care for them in even the tiniest way? And in that way, myself and my clients don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm failing, I'm not motivated enough, I'm lazy. And it's more like, cool, today it was plan F. And uh, tomorrow would be plan A, you know, and that's just how it works. I'm just going to flow along that, that spectrum of options that are available to me that I've, that I've been gentle and gracious enough with myself to offer to myself. Now, for example, let's take a behavior that you want to decrease. And so you're thinking, okay, how can I decrease this behavior? Personally, you know, I think I prefer to focus on how can we increase a behavior versus decrease a behavior because as you sort of increase a, um, a more potentially healthful behavior, this one is probably going to go down its own, right? Like there's going to be this sort of inverse effect between the two. So when I'm thinking about decreasing a behavior, let's say decreasing a behavior of overeating, right? I'm looking at what are the setting events that are contributing to that. Okay, so let's say the setting events that prime me for overeating are going to be stress and a lack of options, you know, or potentially restriction. I would say I I see those three things as being really big reasons. So you're looking at stress. Okay, now you're identifying, right, when is the time of the day that I am most stressed? You know, like I am likely to be at a 10. During those times of day, you're creating strategies around, okay, I have these sort of really convenient snacky food you know, that's not as, um, that, that are not in line with the choices I want to make. I kind of have those somewhere that they're not visually, I can't see them. They're not within my visual field, right? So I'm not going to, I'm going to potentially forget about them a little bit, make it a little bit harder for me to gain access to them. And I'm going to have other things out and ready and available, right? Like the thing that's good for me is going to be the easy button. So instead of focusing on, oh, just, you know, decrease your consumption of, uh, really processed, high caloric snacky foods, it's like increase your consumption of this other kind of food that is uh, more in line with whatever your health goals are at the time. And as this one happens, this one just naturally goes down. You know, think about yourself. If someone says, don't do that, you're not allowed to have it. There's like this knee-jerk reaction, right? To be like, don't tell me what to do. You know, I'm going to have it if I want to have it. And so it's interesting because the thing that you are rebelling against is yourself, right? It's yourself that said, don't have that. 
And then another part of the self is like, don't tell me what to do. And then you're, there's this fight, right? There's this sort of like ongoing fight. And so instead it's like, hey, how about you can have that if you want it? Uh, but let's make this thing really, really, really easy. Let's make th this thing as easy to access as this other thing, right? So if you have like Oreos in a dish and you have some chopped strawberries, you're not telling yourself you can't have the Oreos, but you're making the strawberries as available and as convenient and as accessible. And so in that moment, you're not making the choice based on convenience. You're not making the choice based on setting events. You're setting event of being tired, stressed, and hungry, right? So instead of focusing on decreasing that behavior, you're just saying to yourself, hey, when I'm tired, stressed, and hungry, I need things to be easy. And that's okay. That's fair, right? There's no judgment around that. There's no shame. I need things to be easy. So then you choose to make those behaviors that you want to engage in easier, right? So that now you, there's, a, it's a fair, it's a fair fight. It's a fair competition. Like if I have Oreos that are quickly accessible right here, nothing against Oreos, by the way, I'm just using this as an example. These are super accessible. I'm super hungry and I'm stressed and food provides me with comfort too, right? And they're in competition with the produce that I maybe don't even have in the house. So I'd have to drive to the store to buy some produce to make that decision over the Oreos or potentially some snack that needs preparation. Like let's say I love apples, but I only like to eat them sliced or, you know, I have oranges, but I have to peel it. You know, there's all of these different sort of barriers that make this thing just a tiny bit harder than this thing. And I know it, it seems like, and you should be able to say, okay, it's going to take me 30 seconds to chop the apple. Like just chop the apple. It's just not the way human behavior works. Like something, if it adds a delay, if it adds some limbic friction of like five seconds, it could be enough to keep you from engaging in that behavior that you want to engage in. Let me give you an example. I have a uh, water bottle that requires me to take off the lid. When I use that water bottle, I never drink water. Um, how long does it take, right? This seems in my mind, the, the judgmental part of me sees this as kind of ridiculous. Like really, it takes you five seconds to open the water and you're not gonna do it, right? So there's this feeling of like, are you kidding Amber? You, you can do that. And yet there's the reality of the fact that I don't do it, right? And so instead of fighting with that reality and judging that reality, like, what is wrong with you? You're so lazy. You're so this, you're so that. It's just like, I just don't drink water when there's a cap on it. And so then I get water bottles that are just a straw where you literally pick it up and it's straight into your mouth, right? That's really quick. I want something, I have it immediately. And the brain likes that. And it's that few extra seconds that I save that means my water consumption increases by three times. It's incredible. So these kinds of things, like not judging them, not fighting with them, just acknowledging them and saying, all right, this is the way it is. This is how we change human behavior. So you're recognizing the evening you need things to be easy, make them easy for yourself, right? Be so kind. Don't think to yourself, I'm gonna be this different person tonight than I was last night because I'm gonna actually make that right choice. Like you're not a different person, you're the same person. And that's okay. It might feel weird to just be like, no, I don't want to be that person last night. I want to be this different person tonight. Like I want to keep pushing myself. The problem is it's too, it's too much, right? You need to make it, you need to notice where you are right now and just go right here. Instead, here's where you are right now. You're trying to go here. 
it's so unkind, right? It's like, why can't I be this person? I don't know, because it's really hard. Behavior change is really hard. How about you're this person? And let's just start there. And then you can kind of build it in over time. That is the way to sustain more healthful and self-care behavior is just to make it so easy, to make it as easy as the thing that you are not wanting to engage in, right? To make it as easy as binging Netflix, which again, nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a time and a place for Oreos and Netflix binging. And yet my job is not to teach people how to do that more often because that's easy, right? My job is to take the hard thing and make it feel easy. So that's kind of an example of how I would take a behavior that I want to increase and a behavior that I want to decrease um, into consideration, how I would change them, how I would begin to look at them with my clients. One thing that I do want to add is in addition, uh, when it comes to a behavior that you want to decrease, I sort of flipped it, right? And we focused on a behavior to increase instead, make more healthy snacks or more nutrient dense snacks, make them easy to access, right? So this one naturally increases, but how can you even still give yourself a slightly higher possibility of being successful? Is not only do you make that thing that you want to engage in easy, you make that other thing just a little harder, right? So I just say, all right, all the more healthful nutrient dense snacks are easy to access in the front of the fridge, in the front of the cabinets, and the Oreos who happen to be my scapegoat for the day is going to be on the top third shelf in order to access it, I need a stepladder. And you're not taking them out of your house. You're not getting weird about it. You're not being restrictive and bingy and whatever. You're just saying, sure, babe, if you want it, you can have it. But let's make sure that you actually want it, right? Because how often do you just come in, you're primed, your setting event for whatever is just ready in your body. You are primed like a washcloth soaked in gasoline to be lit up by whatever is going to soothe what's happening in here. What's, ha what's gonna make this feel better? I am primed to access that thing, you know? And so what you're doing is you are buying yourself a little bit of time because the second this system that's a little bit dysregulated comes into contact with something that's gonna make it feel better, there's not gonna be time to think. It's like, bam, like you walked into the kitchen before, see something on the counter and, and you're eating it before you even asked yourself, do I want to eat this? There was, there was no time, right? And it's in that space, it's in that little bit of time where we make changes in our lives, where we make decisions that then lead us towards this trajectory that we wanna be on. And so as you come in, you've got the strawberries in your mouth without thinking, okay, cool, I'm providing myself with some comfort, but not in a way that's going to hurt me potentially later. And do I want an Oreo? I remember I have Oreos in the cupboard. As you're reaching for the step stool, as you're stepping up on it, as you're having time, right? A few seconds, you're like, do I want this? Actually, I have this other thing that's available, you know? So now there's a little bit of space between primed me to engage in whatever behavior and access to that thing. There's a little space there and it's within that space that I make my mindful decision. Mindfully eat all the Oreos you want. Just do it mindfully. Just make sure that, that, that that's what you want. And if you want it, then have it, right? So there's a quick tutorial on setting events. We can and will dive deeper into this. Actually, on the next podcast episode, I'm going to be focusing on how trauma is a setting event for engaging in certain behaviors or not engaging in other behaviors. I did a trauma-informed 
certification in November and it was really transformative and important to acknowledge how trauma is another sort of physiological experience, right? And you carry it with you all of the time and so naturally it's going to affect your behavior. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about trauma as a setting event and continue to dive into more examples. Uh, so stay tuned, thank you for joining today. Uh, it's awesome to be able to disseminate behavior analysis in a new way, right? Like human, the modification of human behavior does not only apply to specific populations, it applies to everyone who is engaging in behavior, which is all of us, so. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time. Bye.